0: Hey guys, it's Allie. Welcome back to Infertile AF the podcast. This is episode 14 called Christy. So because this is the last week of Pride Month, the month of June, I wanted to highlight Christy's story because she was a surrogate for a same-sex couple that lives in Israel. But that is not all to her story. She had two kids of her own, became a surrogate for another couple, and then had a bunch of health issues that you'll hear about and then decided that she wasn't done having kids. So she ended up going with a surrogate to try to have her next child. So she was a surrogate and now is using a surrogate. So it's kind of a full circle, really interesting story, but I will let her say it in her own words. So without further ado, this is Christy's infertility story. (laughs)
1: Christy, how are you today? Hi, Ellie. I'm really great and I'm so excited to be talking with you. I've been listening to some of your podcasts already and I'm really honored to to speak with you today.
0: Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for listening. That's awesome. So we are going to tell your whole story, which is a super interesting story, the brief rundown, and then you can talk me through everything. So you had been a surrogate. Then you had a few kids of your own or be, maybe before you became a surrogate. And then now you're kind of in the next chapter where you are actually using a surrogate to have another baby. Is that correct? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it's, that's the dumbed down version of it. But um, why don't you tell <laughs> me, first of all, I'd love to hear how you, you know, became a surrogate yourself and why that was interesting to you and important to you.
1: Yeah, yeah, it was something that was extremely important and really life-changing for me um, to experience something like that. Something just, I felt like, bigger than myself and something I'll always be so proud of um, doing. So my sister um, was diagnosed with ovarian cancer at the age of nine. Wow, Um, nine? Yeah, yeah. It was it was really something that it it was, it was my first memory, really all of those experiences of her going through chemo. Um, they did surgery to remove her uterus, um, Uh her fallopian tubes and one ovary. Um, and so that must be ultra rare, right? To, to have that diagnosis. Yeah, it really was. And, and as a parent, I, I, I really find myself like hounding my mom about, you know, how did you know? Because so how did they find you know, out? It's, it's you know, my mom said that we were at the pool and my sister was standing on the edge of the pool about to jump in. And she noticed that she was kind of like a string bean. <laughs> and um, she noticed that her belly was a little distended. And so she mentioned it to the doctor, and that's that's it. I mean, they found cancer um, after running some tests, and and like I said, she did have surgery. Oh my god! And you know, that was a time of of not really thinking about preserving her eggs. You know, some that's something that's more talked about and thought of now, but at that time, um, that that really wasn't. And so they did leave one ovary to provide, um, hormones as she grew, but you know, she never had a period. Um, I knew that she couldn't carry babies. Wow. And, and so it really just, I think changed the person that I became, you know, yeah. experiencing Is your older that. Sister? And yeah, yeah. Okay. She's four years older than me. Uh-huh. And, um, and she has been cancer free since, so she's wow. now, Yay. yeah, yeah, she's now a registered nurse for the VA, and um, has a cute little Pekingese. So she's she's really happy. She just got engaged, um, and oh my gosh, I feel like I need to have her as a guest on a future
0: episode to tell her version <laughs> yeah. of the yeah. story.
1: Yeah, that's so interesting. It really is. I mean, thinking back, you know, as as a child, I didn't truly understand what was going on. Like I said, these are my first memories. I remember us watching Drop Dead Fred, you know, and she had just had surgery and was really (laughs) sore and like couldn't (laughs) laugh, you know, was holding a pillow to laugh and Yeah, because you're um, five years old. Yeah. I was I was five years old at the time. Wow. So it was just kind of our normal, but looking back, you know, she is just the strongest person and and what she went through and um you know, being surrounded by the other kids that were going through chemo at the same time, you know, they kind of do these group settings. I remember going to the hospital when she had treatments and playing Nintendo with, with some of the other kids waiting for treatment. And, uh-huh. um, and a lot of them were not as lucky as her. I've always been that person that wants to give and make the most of my time. I know our time is precious and family is very important to me. So she and I have been really close through the years and I had my two children. Did you have any issues with having them, like pregnancy issues or getting pregnant? I did not. I had really great pregnancies. I had really big babies. Um, I did have Mm C-sections, which didn't really go according to plan with my first, um, I was nine days past my due date and just absolutely the size of fucking Texas. Like I was just so (laughs) humongous (laughs) and I was so hung up on, you know, wanting to go on my own. It was my first time I wanted my water to break and you know, all the classic things that happen, and, um, that didn't go as planned. So Mm -hmm. I was induced, um, nine days after my due date 23 hours of labor and ended in a Mm c-section and so that that was challenging but um thankful for c-sections because otherwise things would not have ended well so and then I um I had an IUD my husband and I started talking about having another child and thought, you know, well, if it takes at least six months or so, we'll just kind of casually try. So I had my IUD removed and my son was like two at the time, I guess. And, um, I got pregnant that month. And so oh wow. <laughs> it was like, yeah, the IUD was pulled. And then I guess I got pregnant about a couple of weeks later and, um, so Quinn, my daughter, was born, and my son was just shy of three. Mm-hmm. And uh, planned C-section that time, and thank God she was nine pounds eleven ounces. So, oh my gosh! Um, <laughs> yes, Quinn. So yes. Um, so we went about our happy lives. I was so overjoyed. I had you know the classic one boy, one girl, forever's age apart. Everything was fantastic. And, um, there was just something in the back of my mind that felt like, okay, this is, this is when I feel comfortable proceeding with surrogacy. So I wanted to have a conversation with my sister first, because she's really the reason why I had those original thoughts in my head. Um, I always thought, you know, maybe I would carry for her. Ultimately, she just wasn't in the place in her life to have a baby. and. And I I knew that, but I still felt like I needed to get the okay or something like that from her, you know, just to not have her feel like I completely disregarded the fact that she needs someone to carry for her if she does want children and just carry for a stranger, you know. So we we did have that talk and she confirmed, you know, she was not in the place to have kids and kind of gave me her blessing, which is what I ultimately needed. And um, I just started researching and I stumbled upon circle surrogacy is who I carried for. Mm -hmm. Um, And I was immediately drawn to their website. Um, The owner is a gay dad himself. And I loved that they were you know really advocating for families that look different than others and you know anyone that wants to be a parent should be a parent. Yes. And I just loved that. It just it felt so right and I was so excited. I applied right away, I think in the middle of the night. My husband didn't even know <laughs> that that I had submitted my application.
0: What does it mm-hmm. entail just to become one and what kinds of like Things you have to go
1: through. Did they give you like mental tests and physical tests and all that stuff? Yeah, yeah. So the process in becoming a surrogate is is really lengthy. Um, it requires a lot of time and attention and dedication. It's not something you can do really quickly and just right. you know on a whim. Um, when you submit your application, they're asking questions about, you know, your f- financial stability, your pregnancy histories, they obtain your medical records from your pregnancies and deliveries to, to confirm that you've had healthy, successful pregnancies and deliveries, not, you know, not mm-hmm. complicated ones. So they also do criminal and financial background checks. Right. They you must um, go through a social work screening. Um, Your spouse or your primary support person also has to complete a social work screening as well. Okay. And then there's also a um, psychological test that you have to complete Mm -hmm. um, after you complete your social work calls. So it's it's in depth. Being from a small town, I didn't know anyone that was a surrogate before. Um, A lot of people that... I'm around, don't even know how to pronounce that word. They don't know what IVF is. Mm -hmm. And so it it was all very new and it was a little daunting at first. Um, But I immediately connected with my coordinator. um, And I think the relationships that I built with my team at Circle were so important, um, you know, because it is an invasive process Mm -hmm. and you know, someone looking through all of your medical records and knowing exactly how much money you make. I just had to trust that this was part of it and thinking of it from the perspective of an intended parent. I would absolutely want my carrier to go through that as well. Right. To really show commitment and and that she has a good candidate because it's not for everyone, it's not just for people that say I like being pregnant, or right, um, you know, like I I want to make money. You know, there are some people that are financially motivated um, to do surrogacy. So,
0: yeah. Did bit, you ever you know, have any fears that you know, just kind of jumping ahead, that you know, once you were pregnant, that you might become attached to the child and it would be difficult to give it to the intended parents?
1: That. That's definitely something that a lot of people ask, and it yeah. it is it is a thought. Um, I'm not saying that I didn't think about it at all, but I think my intentions of the experience really outweighed those fears. Mm-hmm. And like That's I said, good. I just had to trust the process. That you know, I'm I'm so excited to provide to be a piece of the puzzle for someone to create their family. I mean, it's yeah. just really indescribable. And it's um, really
0: the most selfless act to do something like that. So yeah, it's yeah, incredible. I,
1: it, it is. And it, it was something that I wanted my kids to be a part of. They were five and two at the time. And so my daughter, she was the little one and and thought that I was just humongous and like morbidly (laughs) obese, I think. (laughs) Um, But my son was, was connected to the process. And, um, and a lot of people would say things like, well, um, how are you going to explain to your kids that they're not getting a sibling? And, Mm -hmm. and, you know, I think it's about involving them from the get go, you know, they Skyped with the IP, the intended parents, um, and I would show them pictures of the dads and he knew that they want a family like what we have and he knows what love feels like and that, of course, anyone would want what we have. This is amazing, so.
0: Yeah, um, and what a wonderful thing for your kids to see that yeah. mommy is doing the most selfless thing for another family so they can have kids of their own. It's it's pretty amazing.
1: Yeah, yeah, it was. It was, um, you know, part of part of the the piece of where you don't feel connected to the babies it's not that i didn't care for them because i did an, my entire pregnancy you know i was their health and well-being is is my job um but it's it's about the connection with the parents more mm-hmm. for me it was um yeah. that I was so excited. It was different every time I would go to an appointment or an ultrasound. When before it was calling my husband, like if, if he wasn't able to attend, it was calling the dads. Like, oh my gosh, this is how much they weigh, and yes, yeah, was so their heartbeats, and you know, updating them. And I was so excited to do that every time.
0: How did you hook up with this couple? You said they were in Israel.
1: Mm-hmm. and It was a gay couple. Yes, amazing. Yep. So they were my first profile that I received, and. I was like showing all my co this is so bad, but I was like showing all my coworkers and I sent it to my husband right away. I was so excited to finally put faces behind this whole concept of caring for someone. And yeah. I mean, it, it was just the most exciting time. So once you're presented a profile, your next step is to Skype with them if you do want to potentially move forward. Okay. No, that, that had to be no nerve wracking, that Skype yeah. call. It really was. Because you're like, I want them to like me and I hope I like them as much as I want to and all that. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly the thoughts that run through your mind. And I remember um, noticing that one of the dads was an interior designer background. And so I was looking at the back of my house behind me where (laughs) Skype would be. And I'm like, oh my God, this is so embarrassing. What's he going to think about my house? (laughs) We need to set up like, (laughs) can't have certain things in the background or... Out. So, I was so nervous. And now, working for Circle, I have realized that the parents are way more nervous than the surrogate ever can be because this is the person that is potentially going to carry your baby, and that's that's so huge. It went so well. Um, they speak English very well, so it it was easy to communicate. Um, I think we were all a little bit nervous, and and my husband was on the call as well. As soon as we ended the call, I looked at Andy, my husband, and was like, Oh my gosh, we have to match with them. And I hope they feel the same way about us. And I emailed my coordinator right away and said, You know, the Skype re- went really well on our end of things. I hope they agree. We yeah. would love to match with them. Um, and they did. So great. They, they were our first and only match. Then what happens? So after we matched, we worked on our contract, which is kind of this lull after all of this action. And it was really hard to not just jump out of my skin. I was just so excited to get started. And right. um, so I did a lot of running. <laughs> I I was never really a runner in my life. Um, but after I had both of my kids, I did kind of get into running a bit just for my mental health to listen to music and you know Mm de-stress and and so I got back into running and wanted to get in the best shape I could I knew that they wanted to try for twins so um, each of them contributed biology and they used the same egg donor so they had twins but they are each a bio dad of one of the babies okay um cool so yeah so I knew you know I wanted to be in the best shape that I could be prior to carrying twins. Um, right. Both of my babies were really big. So I, I felt confident that, that I could do it. So you go to the IVF clinic that the parents have chosen to work with. Mm-hmm. So that could be anywhere in the U.S. Um, one of the clinics that we often work with and that I'm working with um, for my surrogacy as well is... Um, PFC in Los Angeles. So I went out there for my medical screening and went from
0: Illinois to California. Yep. That's right. Did the guys come out as well? Or are they in Israel
1: still? They were still in Israel. So um, I did not meet them until I went back for the transfer. So I went for the screening and then they shipped me my meds and I went back there for the transfer. Andy went with me and we did meet up with the guys. They kind of took this long trip to see um, Yellowstone. They went to Vegas and then met up. <laughs> like we're going to make a vacation I out know. of this whole thing. I love it. They I sound know. fun. <laughs> they really, they made the best of their time for sure. And they met up with us for dinner the day after the transfer. I remember... Um, our IVF doctor saying, you know, where are the guys when you're sitting here with your legs spread and they're out in Vegas, you know, <laughs>
0: <laughs> they're trying to win uh, the, the college education money for the
1: <laughs> exactly. Um, and so, yeah, we met up with them for dinner and that was such a great experience. It was a little chilly and we we're on the rooftop and, the guys were so insistent that I stay warm because I had done the transfer before and they were, you know, so concerned. And so they had staff bring over these heat lamps, you know, and (laughs) surrounded our table with heat lamps. And um, we had a great meal and great conversation. Um, So then I went home and waited for my beta and felt so confident that it was going to come back, you know, with good news. And they were not as positive because they previously were matched with a different surrogate. They had failed transfers. um, And so they had been through the ringer and been in the program for quite some time. And, you know, I came into it just totally clueless, you know, everything is awesome. And um, so I just had a different perspective, but I completely respected, you know, where they were coming from that they didn't want to get their hopes up because they had been through this before. Um so they when they matched with me, they had switched egg donors, IVF clinics and surrogates. So they were completely starting fresh you know, okay. as well. But um but just coming from a place obviously of reservation. So I got my beta back and everything was great. I had taken at home pregnancy tests that were clearly positive, but, you know, I just, I wanted to be respectful of them and it's early on. And, and so I, I understood, um, where they were coming from. So I kind of had to separate myself a little bit from that Mm -hmm. just to give them space and, and not be, you know, shoving my positivity down their throat too much. So, So, so Andy heard a lot about all of that stuff during that time, but um, and then we went to the first ultrasound to confirm heartbeats at six weeks and two strong heartbeats. Everything looked great. Wow! They still were like, yeah. The first transfer, everything, everything took, um, and. Incredible. So were they there
0: for that part or were they back in Israel? They
1: were back in Israel okay. the entire time. Okay. So gotcha. the whole pregnancy, they, they were not there, uh-huh. um, so, yeah, the pregnancy was fantastic. It was such an experience to carry twins that I really loved a lot. Um, you know, when one would get the hiccups for 20 minutes and would stop, and the other one would start up with hiccups for another 20 minutes straight. So, um, <laughs> you know, it's just you can tell when they wake each other up. You know, one will be moving a lot, and the other sleeping. And then, they, you know, you can tell that one boy had woken up the other. And it's it was just a really incredible experience. So did you find out the gender? We did. And we surprised them with the ultrasound so that they could find out at the same time. Oh, how cool. Doctors. And I did have some recordings of them, you know, singing or reading books that I would play, you know, for the babies so that they could hear their voices. That was one thing that I always got really snagged on was like, they're going to be so used to my voice, and uh-huh. then their dads come in, and then my voice is gone. And that yeah, that's a really cool point and interesting. Yeah. So that was something that kind of bothered me a bit through the pregnancy, and so that was kind of the compromise idea that we had to, mm-hmm. you know, play their voices and and they would speak in he- Hebrew as oh, wow. well. So it's just really. That was something that I think was important, at least for me. You had a scheduled C-section, right? So that didn't go as planned. I was scheduled at 37 weeks and I started to go into labor at 32 weeks and they were able to stop it. I stayed in the hospital for a couple of days. They gave me um, mag and that medication, I can't remember what it's called, that speeds up lung maturity in case the babies did deliver early. Um, So we did that. And the guys thought, okay, the labor has stopped, but obviously probably not going to make it to 37 weeks. So um, they moved up their flights. I was back at home and we were at a good week's gestation. You know, it it wasn't super early for twins, but um, they said, you know, just take it easy. and. Uh, follow up with your doctor. So I went home, I took a bath and just was relaxing for a couple days. And then I started contracting again. And I could just tell that they were kind of stronger, a little closer together, seemed like, you know, a little stronger than than what I had experienced before. So we called them, they were actually in flight to the u.s so uh-huh. they had a really long day they had to fly into new york and then have a connecting flight to st louis um pick up cell phones and all of that stuff so i knew that they had a really long day of travel and we couldn't reach them so we went to the hospital um they gave me procardia to to try um to stop contractions that wasn't working and with C-section history, they really don't want you to be contracting that much because of your scar tissue, you know, Uh um, that you could have an abruption. So was it scary? uh, Were you feeling scared or nervous? I was, I was 33 weeks and two days at Uh that time. And I felt like, oh my gosh, I have, I had never gone into labor with my own on my own. And so, I was like, I don't know why this is happening. I felt a lot of guilt. Um, You know, is there something that I did? Was I working too much? You know, I, I didn't know why it was happening. Um, I was, like I said, humongous. So I was like, I mean, I look like I am ready to pop with these twins, but um, I, I did feel really guilty and, I was panicked about the guys not knowing. We had scheduled with the hospital an approval for my husband and the guys to both, to all be in on the C-section, which is not something that they would normally allow that many people in on a C-section. Okay. And so so great I, that they were going to allow yeah, that. Yeah. They were so flexible. And um, my doctor, I was her first surrogate patient. Um, and so it it just was you know, something that I wanted to experience that delivery with them. And, um, So you're nervous that they're not going to get there in time. Yeah. And I was, I was hoping that, you know, they could stop labor long enough so that they could at least get there. Yeah. So that was the goal. Um, that didn't happen. And, the doctor came in and it wasn't my doctor either who had delivered both of my babies who had seen me, you know, someone else was on call and my doctor would have delivered had it been the next day. Mm-hmm. And I was so mad. I'm like, I don't want this doctor. Like she actually called me fat at one of my appointments. Oh, like, what? <laughs> yeah. She had said, um, There was one appointment with the twins that I saw her, and she had made a comment about how much weight I had gained since my last appointment. She's like, "You gained nine pounds. Um, You know, you really should be pushing the fruits and veggies." And I'm like, "I do," and that's not something that I want to hear from a doctor. Not cool. Not cool. You're like, (laughs) "I'm carrying twins for two other people." (laughs) Yeah, I'm eating fruits and veggies, just a lot of them. So. (laughs)
0: <laughs> oh, I don't like that. That's
1: really uncool. Boom. Yeah, so I, I know. I just I had this feeling about her. I'm like, oh, I don't like her. I don't want her delivering these twins. I want the dads to be here. Um, you know, but I, it was what it was. My husband was so amazing. He he's the type of guy that will create a playlist. You know, he did that when we were going to be induced for with my son and he's all pumped up and everything. And I'm about to throw up, you know, I'm like so nervous. (laughs) And and he's just that like rally guy. Um, and so he, he was so positive, which thank God, because I, I really was panicked about it. Um, and so they said, you know, these contractions are not stopping just for your safety. Um, we really need to do a C-section. So within 30 minutes, I delivered and wow. it was, I think it was like about eight o'clock at night and the guys got in at midnight. Okay. So they did, they did miss the delivery it was really okay though because you know once I heard the birth weights, I was waiting and waiting to hear you know you're laying on the table and yeah. I could hear them crying and one of them they said you know five pounds one ounce and the other was four pounds nine ounces so I could breathe you know wow like, health oh thank God healthy babies yeah that that's good that for was twins good right cry. yes yeah thirty three week twins and they were both about five pounds so. I felt really good about that. Um yeah. I could kind of, you know, go a little easy on myself at that point in time. How does it go then when they, you know, that you do they do the C section? Is
0: it like skin to skin? Do they do that with you? Or is it different they when you're not. a
1: surrogate? Yeah, they did not do that. They did hold them up. So I, I saw them, but they needed to get them to the NICU. And okay. so um, but I could tell that, you know, they weren't weird about it. And even even after recovery and all of that, um, you can still see them and you know be a part of that. You do have mm-hmm. a separate you want to room. Hold them? Um
0: Or would that have been too hard?
1: I did. Um there's the one thing that they don't allow you to do is breastfeed. Um uh-huh. even if you do pump for your intended parents. um you some will pump for them, um, but not directly breastfeed. Okay. So um there was there was a lot of emotion. I, you know, that the guys were still not there yet. And um but I knew that that hospital in St. Louis has one of the best NICUs. I mean, they they really were in the best hands. Um, mm-hmm. and I went to recovery. I remember Saying to Andy, that was the best C-section I've ever had. I feel so good. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's just about you know the guys getting there. And had you
0: gotten a hold of them at them at that point? Like, did they know what happened? They still didn't yeah. know. Oh wow.
1: Still did not know, and they did not know until the next morning. Um, oh wow. Because they were getting, like cell phone service switched over, you know, and and so they. They just thought they were getting to St. Louis early. They did not know that I had gone into labor, and so it was like just surprise me asking, yeah, me asking Andy a million times, like have you heard from him? Have you heard from them?" He's like, "No, I have not yet, but i I promise I'll tell you when I do um so as soon as they heard, obviously they ran right up to the hospital and and got to hold their babies and Wow, it was. To see them all together, um, Andy brought up Dane, my son, and so that he could see, you know, I thought that was just good closure for everything. I didn't want to just come home and not be pregnant. I wanted him to see them with their dads where they yeah. belong. Yeah. Um and so that, that was an important piece for me. And the guys were so sweet and they like brought my kids little gifts and stuff Aww. to just really honor the fact that, you know, that was a sacrifice for my kids too. Because Absolutely. I couldn't, you know, jump on the trampoline with them and, you know, be as active with them as, as I right. normally was. And truth
0: so be told, you know, not to get like all super serious, but you were putting your health at risk as well.
1: Absolutely. It is. It's, it's definitely a risk. And even if you have healthy pregnancy and delivery histories, you never know, you know, every Mm -hmm. pregnancy is different. So, wow. Um, so it's so amazing that
0: you did that, Christy, that is just, Oh, it gives me the chills.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It really was something that changed my life for the better. And you know, not that I didn't have special deliveries with my own, but mm-hmm. its it was just a very different experience, um, you know, to to do that for someone else. Um, it was really remarkable. So. Yeah.
0: So if you don't mind me asking, do you still have a relationship with the guys and do you, like, get pictures yeah. of the babies and stuff?
1: I do. They okay. just turned five. and Oh, just, wow. Yeah. They're... They're like these little dudes. They live in Israel and, you know, we've talked about getting all of our kids together down the road, you know, when they're older and they have time to really talk to them about where they came from and their their story of, you know, how they got here. So I want that to be something that they do on their own time. I don't feel the need for them, you know, to include me and in, a, in really anything. Um, if, if the time feels right and they do that down the road, then I will be here and I'd be happy to connect with them. Um, but it's just, it's really cool to see them raise them as their own. And yeah. and that's very different than my family. You know, they, they live in a totally different country. They, Have a different culture than what we have. And and that's okay. It's it really is beautiful to see and learn about something, you know, is culturally enriching for me to carry for someone that um isn't American.
0: Right. Absolutely. So this is not the end of your story. A lot of other things happened after that, right? So can you tell me what happened after that?
1: Yeah. So after that, um, I recovered, um, I think even quicker than, than I did since I didn't have a newborn to take care of. So my recovery after C-section was actually really nice. Um, I healed well and felt good. I was trying to just kind of maneuver through what life is like without surrogacy going on because it does really consume you and you kind of identify as that for a while. And, um, So the transition to, you know, back to your normal life, um, was a little bit rocky for me. It was hard to look like I just delivered twins, but I wasn't toting around a baby. Um, you know, my kids, like I said, were five and two or going on six and three. And, um, people say stuff to you. Did you get any comments from like strangers or I did during my pregnancy afterwards? Um, I think it was more in my head than anything, or I'd be like, oh my gosh, they're looking at me like, what is this humongous lady like doing with her kids? Like, I, I think, you know, looking back, it was really just me. It wasn't, you know, anyone yeah. saying, oh my gosh, you look like you just had a baby. Did you, you You're know, right. <laughs> it's no, I, get it.
0: I totally get it.
1: I felt really embarrassed, and um, my social worker at Circle was. She said this the simplest thing to me, but she said, "Be gentle on yourself, and you know, remember what you just accomplished." And the words, the phrase, "Being gentle on yourself," that really resonated with me um, because that that really was a tough time for me to feel like I was in such good shape prior to the pregnancy to um, you know, just looking like I just had twins. And mm-hmm. so I spent a lot of time with the guys. Um, they stayed in St. Louis in a furnished apartment, um, working on getting passports made for the boys and all mm-hmm. that stuff. So we, we spent about nine weeks together. Okay. Um, I would go over there maybe a couple times a week to visit, um, and, and did you get to
0: like I, hold the babies and interact with them and yeah, stuff?
1: I did um, hold them. I would help feed them. And okay. we went on a road trip to um, an attorney that they needed to sign paperwork with. And we went and stopped at this really great um, bar that has these alcoholic slushies. And so we we stopped there and, <laughs> <laughs> and made You're like, I can of- drink this time hanging out yes, with you. Yes, exactly. And so... Um, and also seeing babies, you know, tried, trying to get passport photos made for newborns is the most hilarious thing that you'd ever see in your life. <laughs> I can imagine. <laughs> and the guy was like, I can see your hand. And, you know, the dad would be like, well, how else am I supposed to hold up a baby and support his head? And Right. Um, <laughs> so it was just such a trip. But um, yeah, we spend a lot of time together. And when they left, um, I sobbed at the airport. I, I drove them to the airport and just sobbed saying goodbye to them because it, it felt like these relatives that were leaving and you didn't know when you would see them again. Um, yeah. I just so connected to the guys and um, it was just happy, you know, happy tears. But, and then I, on the way home, I got that fucking speeding ticket because I wasn't, I was just zoned out, like crying, listening to emotional music or whatever. You, know, <laughs> I hope you talked your way out of it. I did. I did actually. Good for you. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it was really emotional. Um, like I said, in a good, in a bittersweet way. Sure. Um, I didn't feel like I was giving away babies. A lot of people ask me that, um, you know, how did you give them away? Um, and I never looked at it like that. You know, they weren't ever my babies to give away. So I love that. I gave them back to where they belong. So, um, Oh yeah, we do. We keep in touch. I see pictures of them, um, all the time and they're just so adorable and living their best lives. So
0: that's so great.
1: So after that, um, I started having some issues with bleeding. So I would be on birth control pills and, um, I found that my blood pressure was going up a lot, um, on birth control. So we'd lower the dose and I would try low estrin. Um, and then I would just spot all the time, just nonstop spotting. It was so annoying. Um, and then coming off of it, I, um, would have really, really heavy bleeding, and for work, you know if I would travel if I'd fly to Boston, you know a saint Louis to Boston flight is two and a half hours mm-hmm. I could bleed through a super plus size gigantic tampon and pad and bleed through my pants. I mean it was really bad and wow. I'm like I can't live like this uh-huh. something has to be done so um we I talked to my doctor and we talked through options. I mentioned an ablation, um, where they burn, you know, your lining so that you no longer have periods. Um, she didn't feel like I was a good candidate for that because of my C-section history. Um, she said they could actually burn right through your uterine wall. So oh, wow, not, not something we wanted to, um, to take that risk. So um, going back to my sister's history of ovarian cancer, they have found a link actually to the fallopian tubes of where the, um, where ovarian cancer starts. And Uh so we decided um, hysterectomy was the best choice for me. Wow. Um, So I was, I guess, 31 when I had my hysterectomy, we did leave the ovaries to continue hormones so that I wouldn't have to be on any kind of hormone replacement. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I felt better. I've had an abnormal pap in the past with a leap um, because I had abnormal cells on my cervix already. And so just mentally, I felt a lot better um, Mm -hmm. reducing my risk in that way. And also at the same time, that was a solution to me Bleeding all the time.
0: Right. Can I ask you, too? At that point, were you pretty much feeling like you were finished having children, or was there any doubt in your mind Uh, about doing the hysterectomy?
1: When when I started my surrogacy, my husband had a vasectomy, and at that time, we had said, "Okay, this is going to," you know, the surrogacy is something I really, really wanted to do. That was going to be a third C section, and so we didn't picture ourselves having other children after that. Okay. Financially and physically, um, it just, we couldn't really see ourselves, um, you know, getting to the place financially um, to have more children. And we decided, you know, we have the boy and a girl, surrogacy is in my future. And so he had a vasectomy, and I right. cried about that. <laughs> it was yeah. like, it was a sad time. Um, but I, you know, I, I felt okay because I was doing the surrogacy. So after that, um, the hysterectomy was kind of a sad moment for me because it was truly closing the doors of any more children for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought, and um, and that I wouldn't be doing another surrogacy. So so if it was, you had
0: if you had been able to do another surrogacy after the twins, would you, like, if everything physically was okay, would you have wanted to do it again?
1: Yeah. For a a hot second there, I almost did do another. Um, Some clinics, yeah, some clinics will work with women with three C-section history and others will not. So um, when I talked to my OB though, you know, I was having those issues and Possibly getting on a hormone cycle again would have worked and been okay, but um, you know, I didn't want to push through potentially some kind of medical complication and put everyone at risk. You know, it just it just didn't feel right, even though mentally I really wanted to because it was such an amazing experience. And like I said, it is this weird feeling after of transitioning back to life because. It is so rewarding that it's almost too rewarding because then you feel like you can never fill that void of um of doing something so impactful, I guess you know I was searching for things to make me feel like that again, and wow, that's so nothing yeah it's it's like nothing can really measure up, which is really sad in a sense because you know. I didn't want it to take away from my happiness with my family and my job and, Mm -hmm. um, and my dogs and and like just everything. I mean, it's not that I had a bad life, but I was like, you know, staying up late Googling, like, um, trips to Thailand to volunteer at some elephant rescue and (laughs) just just some craziest things. Um, Imaginable, and so it's such an interesting point
0: that you bring up, and and thank you for mentioning that because I didn't really ever think of it that way. But you're right. It's how do you how do you recapture doing the most selfless act you can do?
1: Yeah, nothing measures up, and and it's it's hard to just say I had this experience. I am going to treasure it, and I'm going to move forward. Instead, I was searching to do, to feel that again. Mm. And so, so that was just, you know, having the hysterectomy, it really closed that whole period of my life where I was really struggling with, you know, what, what do I do to fill this void and feel like I am making a difference in this world and, um, and being okay with the fact that I just have, I have this one experience and, and that's enough. So, um, I had the hysterectomy and then this last Christmas, I, it's like every holiday I felt like someone in our family was missing. So I brought it up to my husband. I just said, you know, we were on the, on our way home from his parents' house after Christmas and, I said, I really want to look into surrogacy for ourselves because every time that we do this, we have this amazing day of family and all of this stuff and we drive home and I'm silent and like feeling kind of sad. Um, and he said, okay, (laughs) like look into it, whatever you want. He said, okay. Yeah. He was like, whatever you need to do. Um, what a guy. Yeah. He's, he's very laid back. And so he's like, whatever, you know, whatever you need to do. Insert Heather, my surrogate, who is also my coworker, Um, (laughs) So
0: tell (laughs) me about Heather. How did you you guys decide to do this together? I was
1: just, I was telling her about it. And I said, you know, I was doing this research. I'm just feeling down about this. And I don't know if this is an option, but I'm looking into it and everything is just falling into place. Seems like it's possibly an option for us to do. And right away she blurts out like, I will be your surrogate. Yes. And (laughs) she is such a queen. She is a two-time experienced surrogate. um, And she lives in Indiana. Like I said, I work with her and um, have known her for years now. And she is just like the perfect surrogate. And that's coming from a previous surrogate. Like she's just, she has these like quick vaginal deliveries. She has two daughters of her own that are just so beautiful and close to my kids' ages. And um, so she said right away, and I I said, well, that's a lot um, to take on and talk to Zach, her husband, about it. Um, And she goes, okay, I, I will, but I am doing this for you. So we created embryos, um, in February,
0: uh-huh.
1: I had 26 eggs retrieved. We have 12 embryos. Six of those are really great quality. They, they have wow. different quality ratings. Yeah. Um, four of those are top, like a So uh-huh. they're really great. Um,
0: and did, great did you look at the
1: genders of those? We did not. We did okay. not do testing. I didn't look at mine that. either. Yeah, we didn't. Um, because we're going to be surprised. Um, we all found out even through all of our journeys combined. So Heather's done two and I've done one through our own pregnancies and surrogacies. We've always known the gender. And uh-huh. so this time around, we are not going to find out. So that, uh-huh. so that delivery gonna, is going to be so incredible.
0: Are you just going to transfer one embryo?
1: yeah yeah okay. we'll just transfer one and that's something that has been the biggest struggle that i did not anticipate at all um that i'll touch on a little bit because i think it's so important um i was never told how hard it would be to think about your remaining embryos and what to do with them yes um, good point that has been such a struggle for me i've talked with one of our attorneys um a lot about this and a social worker on our team as well, because I and Andy both said, you know, we just destroy them. So when you sign on your, your contract with the clinic, you make that decision mm. right away. Mm. They ask you that though, before you create them. <laughs> so, right. you know, it's something do you know at that point, I know. So, um, you know, pending, we don't Use all of the top four embryos. You know, I, I'm just really having a hard time thinking of destroying three potentially perfect embryos when I see and hear all the time of people that um, leave the program because they cannot afford to do another IVF cycle. Um, they're out of embryos. Yeah. Or couples that have done even outside of an agency, their own IVF without success, um, that are looking for donor embryos. So that's something that we have started talking about. Um, we weren't really on the same page with, with that. Um, Andy was a little weirded out with not that I'm not too, but him more so than me of, of the concept of someone raising your biological child. Um, it's tough to think through. Yeah, it, it is. Yeah, it it makes you rethink what parenthood is. You know, yeah. that's that's really what I got to, where I said, you know, what makes a parent a parent? Is it your biology, or is it because they rock your, you know, rock the baby to sleep and chased away the monsters and helped <laughs> with homework and oh. you know cheered them on at games and you know yeah. that's really what makes makes them a parent. So yeah. That's so. That's what I'm leaning towards is is embryo known embryo don- donation. So you're set to do the transfer with Heather. Yes. Okay. So we are we are looking to do a September transfer. Oh my um, gosh! I know. It's so exciting. I know. We what really, a story
0: we... to go from being a surrogate to then using your own, you know,
1: using a surrogate. <laughs> yeah. You ever imagined yeah. it
0: would turn out that way?
1: Absolutely not. It's. It's really something I never thought um, in a million years that that would be um, something that we would consider doing or actually go through with. And when we told our kids, um, we really had no idea how they were going to respond. So we talked to them about it prior to starting all of this. And, um, you know, my husband was very focused on that. He's like, if they, I want them to be happy, if they don't want another sibling. I, that may change my mind. And that, that is how firm he was on it. And um, so we, we told them and it was the same reaction that I had where it was that we never knew that this piece was missing in our family until we talked about it. And the kids are so excited over the moon. Just the thought of having another baby um, my son is, hes like, I don't care if it's a boy or a girl. My oh. daughter is like desperate for a girl and said yeah. that she, she'd cry if it's a boy. And <laughs> so that's where we are now. And oh. everyone is just ready to get things started and hoping that TSH comes back normal and we can get on with a um, med cycle and transfer in September.
0: Awesome. Well, what a story, Christy. My yes. God. Yeah, and it's not over yet. So you'll you I know, have to keep yeah. us posted and let me know how everything goes, and we'll we'll let everybody know too. But I just want to thank you so much for all of your honesty. And I know some of this was probably a little difficult to revisit. Yeah, but I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for sharing all this with us. And
1: I appreciate let me know you. what happens in the fall. Yeah, this is so great to hear. You know, everyone coming from a different background and story and yeah. none of them are less or greater or anything. And, and I just, I love listening to this. Um, Thank
0: you. Podcast. Yeah. No two and, stories are the same. And, and it continues really... to surprise me Everybody I talk to. Like <laughs> there's things I'd never even imagined that could happen. You know, life right. is so cool. Life is so interesting. It really is. Oh. What a ride. So what a I ride. really
1: appreciate it.
0: Thank you, Christy. And we will let everybody know what happens next. So that was Christy's story thank you guys so much for listening thanks for all the great feedback we've been getting and to everybody who's written a review or done a rating or subscribed I really appreciate each and every one of you if you haven't yet hook up your girl and head over to the podcast page and take a few minutes to do that it would mean the world to me we have so much good stuff coming up I can't wait for you guys to hear it so thanks again talk to you soon